What would you do if everyone said they heard your trailer a hundred times? You'd probably make a new one. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, The Ringer's first ever true crime pod. We've been hunting a con man for a few weeks now, and our hunt is coming to an end. Schemes, heartbreak, how to put on a wire. We've covered all this and more, but there are still a few surprises left. Binge The Wedding Scammer wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Let's roll, baby. It's a Monday edition of East Coast Bias. John Zestremski, Raheem Palmer, Joe House, recapping a Sunday Week 11 card in the NFL. We're looking ahead to a monster, and I mean a monster Monday night game, a Super Bowl rematch, perhaps a Super Bowl preview with the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll have our pick for that. We'll give you our card for the NBA, and there's a lot to chew on. There's a lot to digest. I'm going to start with you on this, Raheem. I feel like if you got the right number on a couple of games yesterday, it was the difference between winning and losing. I gave out the Rams on East Coast Bias on Thursday. That was a winner. I gave out the Rams on Ringer Wise Guys on Sunday. That was a big fat loser. And I felt like that Cardinal Texan game was like that. There might have been another game or two that kind of fit in that description. Sometimes you win when you get the bet in early and sometimes you lose. Like, that, that Ram bet, Raheem, I'm like, wow, I'm going to win it across the board. Not to be, bro. Not to be. Got to get the right number, right? Yeah, you always got to get the best of the number. I mean, you look at the Arizona Cardinals game, it was six at one point, then it was five and a half, then it was five, then it was four and a half. So you could have done everything from lose to push to win. So you definitely got to make sure you get the best of the number. I mean, time in the market is is pretty difficult because sometimes you just don't know where the number is going to go. Um, I know in a lot in my past, some of the things that I would do was if a better number popped up, I just would just grab that as well. But, you know, always get the best of the number. And House, I know your wisest wager yesterday did not come through, and that would be my beloved Miami Dolphins. It was one of those games, to quote you, Joe House, when the Dolphins played with their food, you know, I feel like that was the classic example of a team coming off a bye, a team not being as sharp, doing enough to win the game, but not doing enough like they had in, in weeks past 
to go and cover a monster number. And let's throw in the fact that the Raiders, they're playing hard for Antonio Pierce. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, JJ, I was disappointed with the Dolphins because I feel like I got two-thirds of that handicap correct. The defense looked good. They are legit. And they definitely had a good game plan in place for taking on the rookie quarterback in Aiden O'Connell. They managed, you know, to deal with the uh, the assets that the Raiders have offensively. The thing that hurt my feelings was Tua coming out not sharp. And it wasn't just a simple case of him getting, you know, sort of reacclimated. It wasn't the kind of deal where, okay, we look at the first half, we put it in the, in the rearview mirror, we, we use that first half post-buy to knock off the rust. He just didn't look that sharp to me. He, would, he was fixating from my, you know, uh, humble sofa seat. He was fixating on one receiver, and then that's who he decided to throw it to. And there was just like a, a, a half beat slower than what we're accustomed to seeing out of the Dolphins. So we didn't get home. The Dolphins held serve. Good job by them. And and for your uh, uh, outcome there, JJ, um, tremendous positioning for them at the top of the AFC East, but uh, did not get there with the two-score number that they were laying. Yeah, um, they weren't sharp. And you want to mention the interception right out of the gate where he wasn't on the same page with Jalen Waddell. Um, first half, it felt like the Dolphin offense actually looked a lot better. Uh, but they had two self-inflicted wounds. They had two fumbles. Two had one of them. The backup tight end had another. They had a fourth and one in, in Raider territory where they ran an idiotic screen pass to Tyree Kill. You're running the ball great. I mean, when in doubt, go give the ball to Raheem Mostert. And you didn't get Devin Achan back in the game because he kind of re-aggravated that knee injury. Not serious. Was on the sideline, but, you know, was unable to come into the game. So, yeah, a little sloppy from the Dolphins. Uh, you're not going to want that if you're going and laying 13 or 13 and a half. Uh, house, Dolphin aside, uh, spread aside, when you think about what you saw in week 11, if there was one particular takeaway that like stands out to you more than anything else, what would it be? San Francisco's defense. They have come back after their bye with health, with Chase Young, and... I think what they're able to do in terms of mounting pressure is a little bit of a, of a, a, a transformation for them. Now, of course, if we're going to talk about San Francisco, must give out flowers to Brock Purdy, who had a perfect passer rating yesterday. And I think he has five or six total incompletions across two games. I mean, the dude is just firing on all cylinders. But to me, the thing that will ultimately carry San Francisco to where it needs to get if they really want to make it to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl is that defense. And that was the thing that was letting them down during the losing streak. And it looked pretty damn good to me. And and I don't, you know, Tampa is is legit. Like, you, you know, ba Baker, we all have good time at the expense of Baker Mayfield. With those weapons, he's been pretty good this season. Uh, and, you know, I, I, they, they just handled their business. San Francisco took care of business. Raheem, if there's a takeaway you'd have from everything that we saw on the board in week 11, for House, it's the Niner defense. What would it be for you? It has to be the Browns. They continue to find ways of winning games. And you look at this team, and there's no Nick Chubb. There's no Deshaun Watson. 
bring in rookie quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson, and he made timely plays. And you have a team who their defense is just lights out at home. They're averaging 10 points a game at home. And Dorian Thompson Robinson looked a lot better this week than he did before. So I think you look at FanDuel right now, to make the playoffs, the Cleveland Browns are minus 430. And it's a shame because they look like a true content tender, but they just had some injuries. But this is a team who they're going to be a tough out for anybody. I think that's an excellent point. I'm finally thrilled that I won a Pittsburgh Steelers wager because I did bet the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I thought we were going to have another instance of the Steelers and this cockroach cat with nine lives team finding a way to steal yet another game. And thankfully, the Brownies put together a drive for me and ended up covering that number. You know, on that note, Raheem, talking about a team that finds ways to win, my takeaway watching these games, even though it wasn't their best and they got outplayed and they were sloppy for three quarters, how about the job by the Detroit Lions to go and pull that game out in the fourth quarter and find a way to win against the, against the Chicago Bears? It's not going to be one of those games they look at and they say, wow, we did a lot of things great. They didn't. They played a sloppy football game. They did not play their best football. But when you're a team that's in the middle of maybe having a special season, those are the sort of games you pull out of the fire. And, you know, House, we were going through our Super Bowl odds. And by no means do I think Detroit is better than San Francisco. I don't think they're better than Philadelphia. They have a very favorable and conducive schedule to wins over the next couple of weeks. I think the Lions can put themselves in a position playing the Vikings and Dallas at the end of the year, where if they go, let's say, two and one in that stretch, maybe, just maybe, if they get a little cooperation, they could be a team that ends up with the number one seed in the NFC. I don't think that's outlandish, not in the least. No, I, I think it's feasible for sure. Uh, you mentioned the, the schedule component of it. You know, the only thing for Detroit is that secondary. Uh, and we watched it once again. They're just in the back half of that defense. So susceptible both to mobile quarterbacks. Justin Fields, another 100-yard rushing day against Detroit. All he does is rack up 100-yard rushing days when they play the Lions. And he also looked pretty sharp. I mean, you know, the, the connection with DJ Moore um, early in that game what was a thing of beauty. Um, if they go up against, you know, sort of accurate quarterbacks with big arms on that back half of, of the schedule, and, you know, that, so that's Dak. I, I think Dak fits that category. I'm not sure whether or not uh, Josh Dobbs fits that category, but looking for, across that schedule, they have a susceptibility, and I don't know what they can do between now and the end of the season to improve it, but they're right there for the one seed. Your point is absolutely right. Yeah, they're definitely right there for the one seed. And I think, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they were like six to one. And, you know, that number has come down for them to get the one seed. I think the biggest thing is when you get that one seed and you get that buy, it gives you a better chance of potentially going to a Super Bowl. So I think if you think they're going to get the one seed, you got to place a future on them to win the NFC or potentially win the Super Bowl. And House, I want to commend you, bud, because you nailed that giant commander game. Oh, did you nail that? <laughs> now, listen, that game wasn't exactly easy on the eyes. I know a lot of Giant fans in my life were not particularly happy watching it, uh, but it just goes to show you. You know, the Giants play the Cowboys and the Eagles. It's an automatic loss. They play the C-Words. It doesn't matter who's throwing the quarterback. They own the C-Words, house. 
that that's the point right there. And it's why I was very skeptical about Washington laying anything over, you know, like six and a half. I might've even talked myself into it because of how bad uh, Tommy DeVito looked uh, against Dallas. And because, you know, Washington with Sam Howell, that uh, he, he and Eric Bieniemy getting on the same page has a, a few times, you know, demonstrated the ability to move the football, but there is just something about the NFC East, the familiarity of those teams, and for sure, it doesn't really matter who the head coach or the or the defensive coordinator is for the Giants. They just circle the schedule and say, "We know that we can out scheme Washington. We're going to go kick their ass," and that's exactly what they did to to Washington yesterday. And guys, I we should make a note of this. There could be quit potential in the New York Jets now. I don't know who's starting a quarterback as we tape this on Monday morning. Zach Wilson continues to be the worst. I mean, the worst. Like, he did not complete a pass for him to a wide receiver yesterday in that game against the Buffalo Bills. Now, they put Tim Boyle into the game, and what do you expect? Tim Boyle's not going to be much better than that. I don't know if you saw that Shakir touchdown where Sauce Gardner went for the interception, had a chance to tackle him, and basically it was like, Nah, business decision. I'm done. Uh, and Quinton Williams, like, scolded him and gave him the business on the sideline. Should we be looking at the Jets, Raheem, as one of those candidates, despite their talent on defense, where they say, you know what, the next couple of weeks, uh, we're not we're not all in? Yeah, I think you saw it from the opening kickoff. They fumbled the up opening kickoff, and you just kind of knew what was going to happen. And you knew that Zach Wilson wasn't going to you know, put them in a position to battle back. So I agree with that assessment 100%. This is the NFL, however, and you know everything goes on tape. You, you still got six weeks left. You got seven weeks left. So it's a, <laughs> we're in a longer season than we were before, previously. So I don't want to you know, just say that they're going to totally quit. But I, I think you can pick your spots on them. Yeah, and House, Buffalo, I need to see more. Like, I know they had a good win. I know they played well. Let me see what Buffalo does now against Kansas City and Philadelphia for me to be like, all right, all of a sudden now they got something cooking with this new offensive coordinator. I'm not going nuts after one week. Well, the, the market is still skeptical about them making the playoffs. Uh, they're plus 164 to make, minus 205 to miss. And that's just a testament to how tough this uh, AFC conference is, uh, they have the best record. They're the eighth team right now. But if you look at the teams ahead of them, which of these teams is going to fall out? It's Pittsburgh, Houston, Cleveland, Miami, Jacksonville, Baltimore, Kansas City. Like of, of those teams, who's the candidate that you would circle and say, oh yeah, the Bills can jump over uh, that team. I, I don't have an easy answer to that, JJ. See, that's a great question. You would say from a luck and a talent standpoint, it's Pittsburgh, Raheem. The problem is Pittsburgh's schedule is a lot more favorable than Buffalo's. And let's not lose sight of the fact that Pittsburgh now has games with Cincinnati without Joe Burrow. You know, like those games against Cincinnati, it was like, oh, these are going to be really troublesome, difficult games. Now with Burrow out and Jake Browning at quarterback, those seem like Mike Tomlin specials right there. So I, I think, Raheem, that's why the market on the Bills is what it is. Schedule daunting. And I know there could be some, you know, cannibalism in the AFC North, but like Tomlin's going to find a way to get the Steelers in the playoffs. I am fully convinced on that. Despite how like crummy their metrics and their luck factor in a positive way might be, Tomlin is getting that Steelers team in the playoffs. 
Yeah, when you look at their schedule, it, it, it sets them up really well. When you have the Bengals with a backup quarterback, you have the Cardinals, you have the Patriots, you have the Colts. You have a, a ton of winnable games. Now, obviously, you have the Seahawks and the Ravens on the back end. But like you said, that that Bills schedule is is very, very daunting. But it did get a little easier. The Chargers a little banged up. You know, maybe you catch the Dolphins with everything wrapped up in Week 17. But when you have to face the Eagles and the Chiefs and the Cowboys next, that's a tough situation. Now, the one team that I think can fall out of this are the Houston Texans. I, I think the, the market has reached a peak on the Houston Texans. And we have to remember C.J. Stroudford, as great as he's, he's played this year, he is still a rookie quarterback. And there's still holes on that roster. So I wouldn't necessarily just pencil them in for a postseason spot yet. Boys, we got a lot more to do. We got a Monday night game to preview. And I have a feeling we're going to be heads up. At least two of our particular panelists are going to be heads up for the Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a nice Monday court in the NBA. Uh, I got the two TV screen work to perfection later tonight. Uh, I'll explain what I got going on. We got a lot more to do. Coming right back. All right, boys, let's start with Monday Night Football. Great game. Not a good game. Great game. You can make the argument it's the game of the year in the NFL. A Super Bowl rematch. Kansas City Chiefs, two and a half point favorites against the Philadelphia Eagles. House, you know where I stand. I'm on the Chiefs. Mahomes is a small favorite. Andy Reid coming off a bye. I know there's a case to be made for the revenge factor for the Philadelphia Eagles and the way Philadelphia can go and dominate a game on both the lines of scrimmage. I would just argue, best unit in this game going in, from what I've seen so far this season, the Kansas City defense. And I think they're going to make their presence felt. I feel like Philadelphia has had it. Both of these teams, quite frankly, have had a couple of games where they're playing with fire, but that's what they do, and that's why they're great teams. I just can't pass up Mahomes at this price. I've made that mistake too many times. I'm not doing it again tonight. How some on the Chiefs? Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. The evidence is overwhelming that when the Chiefs are favorites of less than three and a half points against the spread. It's like 15, four and two, some incredible number with Patrick Mahomes. And you can slice and dice that uh, a, a bunch of different ways. Um, we have the angle of uh, Andy Reed off of a, a, a buy kind of with extra rest kind of situation. Um, and the, the, the interesting thing here is these two teams are radically different versions than what we just saw in the Super Bowl. So I'm the, I don't really have an issue with you, uh, JJ, on the side, but I have a kind of different um, preference in terms of how I'm going to play this. And it's going to be a combination of the total, which I think it's a good total, but I still think um, it's going to be an under total because I'm imagining a game script where these two teams, you know, uh, try and play ball control in different ways. One of the, I think that the, the Eagles with the best offensive line in football with their predilection to run the football, um, will be trying to run. The, the one vulnerability of that Chiefs defense, they're second from the bottom in yards per carry by running backs this season. Kind of a weird outlier stat for as good as we've seen the Chiefs. So I, I can see a game script that features the Eagles trying to run the ball. I like a lot of uh, carries for DeAndre Swift. I like Jalen Hurts going over his rush attempts, which he did in the Super Bowl, in which he's done seven out of uh, eight games this, this this season. 
Over eight and a half carries on the FanDuel Sportsbook is minus 130 right now. DeAndre Swift yards, it's at 59 and a half. That's minus 114 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So that's kind of the way I'm sizing this one up and my preference for playing it, Dream. So I agree with you on the under. And a big reason why is you look at the weather and there's supposed to be potential downfall coming in this game. But you look at the Chiefs. The strength of their team is the defense, and they're just outside of the top 10 in explosive play rate. The Eagles are in the top 10 in explosive play rate. And I just, I don't think this is a game where both teams are going to light it up. We know Jalen Hurts has been a, been a little banged up. This Chiefs offense still leaves a lot to be desired. So I do agree on the under. Um, you're also looking at 15 to 20 mile per hour wins. And we all know wins really impact how you know, teams can pass the ball. And I think the Eagles are going to be able to run the ball here. So I, I agree on that under, but I'm going contrary. And I, I just think the Eagles have a real shot of winning this game. I know when you look at how Mahomes has done as a, a favorite of three or less, 26 and one against the spread, a lot of people going to be playing that angle. A lot of people going to be playing the Andy Reid off of bye, 18 and 10. But Nick Sirianni is also 2 and 0 off of bye himself. And when I look at this from a numbers perspective, it just feels a little off. The Eagles were laying two and a half in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs with a better offense from the Chiefs. And now we're looking at an adjustment with the Eagles catching two and a half. And I know the Chiefs are at home, but I think this line should probably be closer to a pick em. And I, I just feel like the Chiefs, with their their defense, they, they have a really great defense, but they're just 31st in rushing EPA per play, 24th in rushing success rate. And if you're looking at a bad weather game, I think the Eagles control the line of scrimmage and be able to run the ball here. So I'm going to take a shot on the Eagles, plus 128 on the money line. And I also like the under. Well, I'm with you on the under. And as we know, gentlemen, these primetime unders have been cash cows. So when in doubt, continue to keep riding the under primetime train until you see a reason to maybe consider otherwise. Uh, You do think, Raheem, the sloppy weather and the crummy weather would favor Philadelphia in this spot because of the way they run the ball? Yes, I do. Um, And uh, the big reason is that the Chiefs aren't, they're not going to be able to run the ball on this Eagles team. You look at the Eagles, they're 19th in DVOA, 20th against the pass, but they're second against the run. So I think that puts the Chiefs in a a bad position. So I think the Eagles will be able to run the ball. They control the line, line of scrimmage, and I think it puts them in a good spot. So Raheem rooting for a downpour and he'll be on the Eagles on the money line. I'm going to be taking Kansas City lane two and a half. House has got his uh, interesting way of playing the game, which is par for the course for you, which is why we love you. Uh, But it does seem like we are a united front, fellas, when it comes to the under in this football game. Can we agree that is a family play this evening? Got to be, right? That's definitely a family play. For sure. There we go. Everybody on the under tonight. Now, I'm going to have two TVs set up as I always do. Uh, You know, I got a big NBA game tonight, House. I got the Knickerbockers going into Minnesota, taking on your T-Wolves. The line has moved from three and a half to two and a half. The Knicks have played much better ball. And our our buddy Julius Randle has really come to life over the last week and a half, two weeks. Uh, Dude, I love the Knicks tonight. The fact that that line's gone to three and a half to two and a half. I, I, I just, this is a good spot for them. I think a little regression to the mean here for the T-Wolves after their super hot start to the year. Always a revenge game for Tom Thibodeau going up against this former team. When I'm looking at the NBA card tonight, that's one I am absolutely on. Give me the Knicks plus two and a half against Minnesota tonight. 
So I, the question I have for you in this game, and sorry to cut you off, House, not no, is uh, that the, <laughs> the Knicks are playing a three and four, and you have the Minnesota Timberwolves. They have one day of rest. How concerned are you about that? Because this feels like a, a you know a bad spot, even though the Knicks are playing well. They're six and two straight up, seven and one against the spread in their last eight games. It just feels like a bad spot with, you know, them playing three and four nights. And then you look at some of the opponents that they face, the Charlotte Hornets, the no, Washington they Wizards. Some cupcakes. I understand. Yeah. They have definitely, they have definitely played, they've definitely played some cupcakes. I totally get your argument or your question, I guess you could say, as far as the rest factor or lack thereof. I, I just think they're a team that plays hard pretty consistently. They're a team that if you see them on back-to-backs, they usually are not that impacted, not that affected compared to some other teams in the NBA. And I just think with Minnesota, Raheem, they've gotten off to such a good start. You're telling me Minnesota's going to go and win 57, 58 games? Like, I know I'm looking at one game and I might be jumping the gun a little bit here. I just think we're getting a little regression coming for Minnesota. That's all. My inclination would be to play Minnesota at anything less than three points, which is where it's sitting at right now. But I'm interested in hearing how you're thinking about it, Dream. I like the under. Oh, it's a great play for the under. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. Went from 217 to 214 and a half. I love it, Raheem. I love it. Yeah, this this, is, this feels like a dead nuts under. You look at the Minnesota Timberwolves, second in defensive rating, allowing 107 points per under possessions. You look at the Knicks, seventh in defensive rating, allowing 110. And you look at the pace of these teams. The Knicks are dead last in pace, about 96 possessions a game. The Wolves are 17th in pace, about 99 possessions a game. So, and you look at the, the Knicks, they're dead last in offensive length of possession per dunksandthrees.com. You look at both of these teams in the half court because that's a, that's a big thing when it comes to handicapping these totals. The Wolves have the third best half court defense per clean in a glass. And Neither one of these teams are going to be able to get out in transition because you have these two teams in the top 10 in transition or just outside of the top 10 in transition defense. So I like that under. All right. So we got Knicks for me. I'm riding the under. Um, House, anything you like on the Monday card in the NBA? I have another play I want to share, but I want to get to you guys first. Well, I mean, literally any opportunity to play an upper echelon team against the Washington Wizards and laying less than 10 is an auto play. The one thing that you have to do, and I have it, I'm trying to dial it up right now. We're taping this around noontime on Monday is what the injury report is saying and whether we're going to get both Giannis and uh, uh, Dame. If both of those guys play, then I feel very comfortable with the idea of laying less than 10 with the Bucks, the one thing that these Wizards do um, is absolutely, uh, you know, give a, 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 a the red carpet treatment to any team that that can score. Uh, they have no d- defensive concept whatsoever, and as soon as other teams foul out Daniel Gafford or put him into foul trouble, they just have a a a, a, a wonderful sachet right to the front of the hoop. So the inside outside of Dame. And uh, Giannis should be plenty enough to get there uh, at 10 or more. But you just have to check out the injury report to make sure that both those guys are playing. Yeah, I, anytime you can fade the withers, I totally agree with that. You know, 2 and 10 straight up, on pace for 18 wins this season. <laughs> you know, 29th in defensive rating. Like, this team is all bad. They just came out the other day and said Jordan Poole 
after just 12 games, they would not be bringing him back and they're going to look to trade him. So this is this is an awful team. And I know the the, the <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks, they start off pretty slow, but uh, there's levels and these these two teams are worlds apart. <laughs> All right, Raheem, anything you like in the NBA on Monday? Well, I gave you guys the under on the Knicks-Wolves. I also like the under in Heat-Bulls. I had it under 210.5. It's down to 208.5. I probably play it to about 208, 209, but I really like that under. You, you look at both of these teams that like, the Bulls can't score efficiently at all. Um, they're one of the most frustrating teams to watch in the league. They're 26 in offensive rating, despite the fact that they got you know certified scorers in Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. You look at the Heat, they can't score as well. They're 24th in offensive rating. So I, I really like this under. You saw the other day, these two teams played, and the Heat were up 22 to 1 and somehow still managed to lose that game. So I like that under. I also think it's a good spot to take the Clippers minus eight. I can't quit them. I know. Um, and I also like the Nuggets, Pistons under 224. Raheem, what do you think about the Bulls tonight? Revenge spot for them against Miami from the plan. I'm. I don't know if I'm going to fire on it, but that was the other game I had circled. I was thinking about grabbing them plus a point and a half tonight. Am I crazy? So, if you watch the Bulls all week long, they had two games against the Orlando Magic. They had a game against the Miami Heat on Saturday night. And in all of those games, the script was the Bulls go down 15 to 20 points. And then somehow, in the second quarter, in in the second half, they come back and they fight their way into the game. So they were down 22 to one against the Heat on Saturday night, came back to win that game. I think if you're going to play the Bulls, and this looks like a team to me that's quit. If you're going to play the Bulls, you play them end game. You don't, don't play them pregame just because this team, it's just something about this team that's just completely broken and I can't trust them. And then also, I think this would be more of a revenge spot for Miami because they had such a, a big lead the other night. You might have took me out of Chicago. I was thinking about it, and now knowing I'm going to have Chief action, and I'm going to have Minnesota, I'm going to have Nick Timberwolf action, and under action. You know what, Raheem? That's what we call friend helping a friend. So we'll, we'll keep tabs on what happens to that Chicago Miami game. All right, boys, quick turnaround because we will be working a little earlier this week because we have Thanksgiving games to handicap in the NFL. So we'll have that up for you. It'll be on FanDuel TV. It'll be on the Ringer Gambling Show. Uh, guys, it's like we got to like squeeze in a whole lot of content in like 48 hours. I hope you're ready for it, House. Oh, you know how we do it. it the, the gamblers never sleep, buddy. We're, we're on this right this second. All I'm doing is looking for uh, closing line value across the whole NFL board right this second. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. We'll have you set for the Thanksgiving games in the week 12 NFL card within the next 48 hours for House, Raheem, JJ signing off. I want to thank our buddy Mike Wargon. Fantastic job as always. Uh, we'll chat very soon. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut, 109 within Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 
1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.